You're listening to The Big Show on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hour four continues here on The Big Show. I'm Patrick Dumas. i got Alex Brody and uh, intern John with me as well. I want to go back down that Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, and we are joined by the manager of Cavalry FC, Tommy Wielden Jr. Tommy, how are we doing today, buddy? Good. Just at the training ground now, um, about ready to set up today's uh, practice. Oh, Ooh, it's going to be awesome. Yeah, wait, it's just training time right now and, and everything. How's the offseason been away from, I know you've been busy with some signings, but I, hopefully, I know you got to out to Hawaii as well, but hopefully you've got some a little bit of downtime to enjoy before we really get ramped up here in the next month or so. Yeah, do you know what? I do my best thinking when I'm in uh, in Hawaii. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, you get away from the chaos of it. You have so many ideas, and you have to streamline them down because, you know, at any one end of season, you have to, you know, reflect what went well and why, what could have been better and how. Um, you look at the contracts that you have, and some you can afford to keep. Others you have to, unfortunately, say goodbye to. Um, mm-hmm. That's the nature of a salary cap league, and... Then you look at what you need, where your gaps are, and what you can do in terms of the transfer market. So you then go into it, and it's a lot different than fantasy football because sure. you've got agents and players <laughs> and other interested parties involved, and um, that's that's the fun. So that's what off seasons are. And then, uh, fortunately, myself and uh, Leon Hapgood got a chance to go spend a week with um, New York City. A friend of ours is uh, the head coach down there, so we spent a week at their camp and you know, just seeing what they do and, and looking what we do and. Sh- you know, sharing is caring, right? So you share and contrast different ways and different methods. And now we're back in and we've been a, a week or so involved in um, our training camp. For sure. Let's get into the, like some of the names that we've brought, that you guys have brought in here, like cool. uh, a couple center backs here. Cal Montgomery, you, you know him very well from your time uh, coaching Foothills. He was a Victoria Highlander, uh, represented Canada at, at uh, qualif- uh, trying to qualify for the Olympics as well. Uh, big guy, has some MLS experience as well. Uh, let's some, uh, some let's talk about Callum Montgomery here. Yeah, do you know what I've known Callum for a while, and and it was one of those as we were you know sunsetting Mason Trafford's career, mm-hmm. sunrising him in, into the front office as our our commercial director. We knew that we needed another leader, another left sided defender, and somebody who takes pride in their defending. And the timing was just perfect because he'd just been released. Uh, you know, unfortunate for him, great for us from uh, Minnesota United mm-hmm. of, of the MLS, um, and I think because. You know, we've always had a high respect for one another in the way the teams I used to coach that played against him and the way he played against our teams. I mean, the guy just wears his heart on his sleeve. I'm sure our fans and, and team, the teammates of him will, will love the fact that he just leaves everything out there. So um, it, it was a natural successor. Um, we like what he is. Uh, he's a lovely progressor of the ball as well as a really brave defender. So uh, he's, he's fitting in the locker room very, very well. Another one, and uh, in Udoka Oshima, I hope I got that name right. He's uh, England, uh, England, Nigeria. Spent some time uh, at the Burnley Academy as well. Did some time in Scotland as well. I know you had to to replace obviously Karifa Yao, who's who's going to back to Montreal or is out in Whitecaps. Sorry, yeah. Mason Trafford yeah, yeah. retiring and David Norman Jr. moving on as well. So that's a lot. Of, a lot of you know bringing in that center back position. Talk about what uh, what Chima can bring. Yeah, and similar, and, and again, trying not to like uh, compare players for players, but profiles. Mm-hmm. Um, and he does have a similar profile to Karifa. And uh, you know, when we brought Karifa in, he was very raw, and he was the same age and stage. What we like about Adoka, he's very athletic. He defends first. Um, he's he's a very good talker on the pitch, which seems to be a rarity. 
Um, and he's physically imposing. And I think what we liked about that is if we're going to play the way we want to play, is we've got to have guys that are going to protect the net. And I think, you know, as much as Marco's won two Goalkeeper of the Year awards, um, mm-hmm. we've also got to protect him. You know, the less he has to do, the better we've played collectively as a team. And uh, we think uh, Adoka's got a big upside um, and uh, we, we want to help him get to the next level as he will help us get to ours. Uh, two more uh, of names I want to bring up. Uh, Shamit Shom, uh, Shamit Shom from uh, he played with FC Edmonton as well. It's a midfielder and forward. Uh, Ethan Beckford, another England guy as well, also with uh, Canada passport as well. Simcoe County Rovers as well. What are some things that you liked in those guys? Yeah, do you know what I've known Sham? Another one where I've gone deep into the yep. Rolex, so to speak, is I coached Shamit when he was fifteen with the Alberta under sixteen team and. You know, he, he went on to have a good, you know, early pro career when FC Edmonton were part of the old NASL. Yep. He went into the MLS. Uh, he had, you know, several seasons in there with Montreal. Um, played against us, actually, in 2019 when they won the uh, the uh, Canadian Championship. And I just remember him being a, such an intelligent and engine. And, and we realized last year when, when we sold Victor Latore, um, we didn't quite replace his legs in midfield. And again, if you're going to ask your Mavericks of your Ali Moosey's and Mickey Cantaves mm-hmm. and Joe Mason's, Sergio Camargo's to create, they also need people that are willing to run for the team and do the thankless task that will give them the pass or make the third man run beyond. And with Shamit, we know we've got a player like that, highly, highly intelligent. Um, and again, he's one of them that doesn't hit you right away with his highlight video, but once he's on the pitch, his intelligence shines through. So, Love him, and, and, and in midfield with him, Jesse Daly is of similar ilk, where mm-hmm. you know, he's almost like a hybrid of what we've had with uh, Nicholas Ledgewood and Julian Boucher in, in previous years, where they can play, they can run, they can bite, they can, you know, they're all action in midfield, and they'll give you everything they got, and I think we've got two terrific midfielders in there, and, and in Ethan Beckford, we felt that, you know, we needed another attacking presence that, you know, I kind of like these lads that have you know, come through different parts of their game in the pathway ways. He came through a bit of the TFC Academy, went into the NCAA, came and played a bit of, um, you know, semi-pro football here in League One Ontario. And, and, it, and I think he was just one goal shy of the golden boot there. So we know the lack can score. It's up to us now to, you know, mm-hmm. get him in a similar way with, like we've had with Mo Farsi's and Aaron Peppels where they've got a point to prove. And uh, Ethan's got that and, and we like working with that type of player. And obviously, keeping uh, the, the the current talent, extending them, and keeping them their base here as well. Ali Musi, Meyer Bevan, Joe Mason, Sergio Camargo. Really important to keep these guys. You know, they know the club, they know the city, they know the values of what you guys want to do. Keeping the pillars in the foundation with these guys, like like Carducci and Klomp as well, obviously helps. Like, you know, like, like how how are you seeing with the chemistry? I know you mentioned. Uh, I know you had yeah. the interview with Wheeler and at the end of the season, like how the injuries and maybe sending out Peppel and, and Latori messed with the chemistry of things last year. Still, we're, t- you know, second in the table. Still, you know, we're able, you know, to push forge almost to get to the final. But how are you seeing with that, the new group and the old guys with the chemistry? Yeah, and I think that's what hurt last year was you got to the semifinal and you were two points away from winning mm-hmm. the regular season again. And we did it in spite of the things that are thrown in front of us. And what we want to do now is we've had a better off-season program where guys are fitter. You know, we're changing footwear for the times they're training on turf. Good. Different strength and conditioning programs that have been on to support these certain muscles groups. Um, but chemistry is the hardest thing to coach, and you have it. 
um, and we have that with our attacking unit, what we felt we needed was a support cast around them. And that's where we spent a lot of our time, so say, more so than going, let's go sign this player that's going to win us a league. It actually comes from, a, I'm a big believer in that team uh, teamship. Um, so, yeah, keeping the, the likes of Marco and Clompies and you know, Charlie Traffords and Sergio's, Jose Escalante's, guys that have been with us a long time, as well as the front unit, it just gives us that, you know, that chemistry that we can now lean into. And hopefully I'm not having to make, you know, any, any mid-season signing mm-hmm. might be one. And it might be a, a kid that's come up through the, the, the local U20 pathway that we've got here that yeah. feel is the next one. Because that's where we'd sooner spend our mid-season is giving, because we've had successes with that. We've had successes, like I said, with Arab and Peppel and Victor Latore yeah. coming up through that. So we want to make sure we establish our culture and identity in this preseason now so that when we hit the season running, we know we've got a couple of hard games to open the season and we're relishing it, to be honest. So um, really excited for the season to, to start playing out. I talked with uh, Mason Trafford last month. Uh, he was still kind of on the fence there, didn't know what he was going to do, and but he was started the last year with the more role in, in the, as the commercial director, taking on yeah. more of a, a front office duty. You also brought back Oliver Minatel. You know, you never like his, you know, I never want to yeah. see a guy's career sh- cut short because of injuries. Uh, but you know, during his time away, he got a business degree, MBA in sports management. And now he found his well his way back in the club, head of recruitment and player development. Talk about how that came to be and how excited are you going to be to have these guys that you've worked with for so long, to have them working alongside you again? Yeah, I think it's a vision of uh, Spruce Meadows Sports and Entertainment. So mm-hmm. I think, you know, again, casting back five years ago to before we even launched this was we talked about the importance of signing your Nick Ledgewoods and your Mason Traffords that you're bringing Canadians home for their last chapter. Yeah. But in doing so, how do you build an industry? Like if, you know, if, if another NHL franchise popped up it'd be easy within canada because you've got there's a lot of highly qualified you know loads of nhl games mm-hmm. about, that you can pick up with with canada there was a shortage so we needed to bring good pros that are canadian back and help them in the industry so nick you know he's obviously better in the in the uh, on the pitch so he's an assistant coach he's now great he's now um we've uh, you know uh, given consent to get down with the women's national team yeah. that she believes Cup in Orlando. He's part of their coaching staff as well, and we're more than happy to support that as part of his journey and their support. Um, and Mason Trafford, he had a keen entrepreneurial eye. So, you know, when uh, Linda Sudden Hethcott and I and, and Ian Allison, our president, sat down at the beginning, we're starting to see this evolution. Um, and I'd even add Martin Nash into it. You know, when he was our assistant coach, I, I wanted to make sure that, you know, we have a coaching tree that if another job came up and the fact that York came in for him is, you know, is kudos to us. And with Oliver Minitel, we always seen a highly intelligent human being, great eye for the game, very passionate about the club. And, you know, he said a great thing when, you know, he was retiring when he first called me to say that he's, you know, just done his degree in, in sports management and, and what have you. And he said, look, sometimes you have to leave the island to see the island. And I think that's credit to what our ownership has built and what our fans have given us because Ollie was just desperate to come back and help with this next exciting chapter. No, for sure. We're talking with uh, Tommy Wilden, Jr., manager of Cavalry FC of the Canadian Premier League. Uh, a thought on uh, this year, uh, offseason, we lost FC Edmonton. You know, I think we saw that from miles away. It wasn't a good situation, but, you know, we, we like to have fun at the expense of Edmonton, but it's never yeah. to see a team fold no. no matter where it is. And then, but no. y- you get the, you get Vancouver FC, the league stays at an eight. 
you know, a thought maybe you, and there's no El Clasico, maybe Edmonton comes back in a few years, but you know, and maybe another rivalry could be, be building out with uh, with Vancouver, who's going to play in Langley. Yeah, do you know what? They're, they're just another opponent. I mean, Calgary Edmonton, uh, it's yeah. it's, it's going to be a miss. We we do miss it, and mm-hmm. I feel for that city because as much as we you know, poke jokes at each other. We actually need each other. It's, oh, yeah. it's Pepsi, Pepsi Coke, right? You, you need each other for, you know, to both be successful and to watch their fan base dwindling. And, you know, my kid plays in soccer in Calgary and, and we go up there to Edmonton. There's always those nice rivalries, even at the youth level. For so sure. for these young kids that are in Edmonton to not have, you know, their local team is a disservice. But, you know, it's a, t- it's a chance to reflect. It's a chance to renew and it's a chance to go again, potentially with a different ownership group. Because I know at some point, that's a great football city. Mm-hmm. I know it's, it's going to come back at some point. So um, let's hope it's with the right ownership group and with the right support behind it, like we've been able to have here. And then we can renew those rivalries. But until then, we're fortunate that Vancouver's coming in. We're fortunate to hear that there's other clubs at the table. We know Sask is out there, but we know there's um, others that are close to you know joining the league. So it's going to grow. And I think the... The league are very selective on which ownership come, groups come through now so that we can build it organically. I wanted to uh, get an opinion of someone who you know has been absorbed into the fabric of, of Canadian soccer, and that, that's you, Tommy. And for all the good that there is in this sport, there's, there's still a pretty nasty dark cloud that hangs over the, the Canada Soccer Association and their treatment of, our, of the national teams, mainly that of the women's team. You know, they're getting set for a, a pretty big World Cup in July out in Australia and New Zealand. And then the She Believes Cup, which starts today, uh, as they'll be taking on the Americans. Uh, you know, they're getting threatened to sue if they if they didn't play. Like, what is just? I, I'm, I'm beyond disappointed. I know Sophie Schmidt and Christine Sinclair and Janine Becky are great for, for saying that. But the anger that I see in them and what they've done for this sport, it's just downright disrespectful. They've done a tremendous amount for the sport, and hence why you know we're very supportive now. When when asked if Nick could be part of the coaching staff, yeah. we're happy to support that because look for us, we have a female owner, right? I think mm-hmm. the only one of a professional sports franchise club in in this country um, who's an Olympian. Uh, we're passionate about Canadian football, so I, I know you know the, there's there's things and talks above my pay grade. I would I would just say that there's always three sides to any story, right? There's, yeah. The side we believe, the side um, someone else believes, and there's actually then documentations that is there to be read. And I think that's probably what people are asking for is transparency, because let's be honest, these are these are the leagues. We, we, we need a men's professional league. We need a women's professional league. We need men's and women's national sides getting to World Cups, being prepared for World Cups. If we're going to be a football nation, what we don't need is us tearing each other down. Because yeah. I've been here for 20 years now, and everything that's been asked, we're growing in the greatest direction with a goal nearer. Absolutely, we need to support the women's team with their World Cup bid. So how can we do that? You know, what, what monies do they need? And let's see if there's more sponsorship out there that can support their journey and give them the best chance to create you know, another opportunity to win a gold medal. That's mm-hmm. essentially what we've got to do. So if we can do that as a nation, you know, we rise by lifting others, don't we? And I think yeah. right now, we're pulling each other apart and it could actually spiral into, you know, a bigger, bigger disconnect that you're seeing now with the U S soccer organization. We don't want to do that. We want to keep having that trajectory and hopefully there's going to be some good leaders that can step up and, and bring everybody together again. Cause I'm sure when we see the women's, we want to see those pubs full, those stadiums full like they were when we had the world cup here. So 
Um, I hope it can get fixed. It just needs some strong leadership and, and some savvy business people to pull people together now. One of those uh, savvy leaders, I think, is uh, is Diane Matheson, and she's got the women's professional league coming in a couple of years, and Calgary Foothills will be a part of that. Uh, that's going to be exciting for everyone, and I'm not just you know I'm sure it's going to be a big opportunity for Calgary as well, eh? Well, listen, happy to support it, right? Yeah. So it's it's like anything, you know, we've had some great supporters from you know men, women, children, um, and once the women's team actually launch, I'm going to enjoy actually being a supporter for and a sure. Fan. To go there and, and watch some games, and you know, I know how hard it is to make this professional thing work. We're in year five; we're still trying to make things work. So it takes time, it takes resilience, but it takes people to buy tickets and buy merchandise. So I get asked a lot: What can we do to help? Go to your local soccer, support a game. If there's a women's game going on that's in the pro-am leagues, go buy a ticket, go buy a jersey, go tell someone else about it. It's the same with the cavalry, right? Mm-hmm. Come to experience buy a ticket, and then that's how we grow the game together. That's how we all have a voice. Yeah, it's a, it's one thing. You just go and you're hooked. That's that's for sure. I've, I've taken many people down there, and they, they say it's one of the best experiences in the city for sure. You, I, I think how you mentioned it is the fifth year of the CPL. Uh, it's I'm not to say it's it's not been it's not been the easiest journey for sure. There's been a global pandemic, but you guys played through it. You did the island games. You made it through fifth year. You know, there's still lots to do in this league and what, and for it to grow. Maybe what are some things maybe you'd like to see the CPL enact to even grow this league even bigger? If it's taking some things from other leagues or or just different, maybe trying new things to grow this sport and grow this league. I think we're already doing it. I think it's now mm-hmm. this essentially, even though it's year five, you know, two and a half of those were, were affected by the pandemic. So this third year, yeah. I think is important. Now we just, you know, people are now getting back into groups again. We just grow our attendance. Uh, that was Tommy Wilden Jr. Sorry about the the end there, but it is it is so important to just grow the CPL and go get out to the games to show what what's going on out there. It is a it's, it is a great sport. Uh, cannot uh, thank Tommy enough for what he does for the sport in this city and in this country. Again, that's Tommy Wilden Jr., manager of Cavalry FC. Uh, we're gonna park it here. Uh, up next, we're gonna replay our conversation with Frank Saravelli from earlier on today. What's happening around the world of uh, the NHL trades and, and what's happening? Uh, Mikey Anderson has an extension in Los Angeles as well. We'll find that out more with Frank here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan.